0: So, Norman, people who listen to the other program podcast that we make, The Health Report, know that there's a particular injury that I live in fear of, and that is an Achilles tendon rupture.
1: Oh, no, you haven't. Have you?
0: Well, I don't think I've ruptured my Achilles, but something catastrophic happened in my left calf at the gym last night, and honestly, there's only one thing I can take away from this.
1: Just, yeah, wear a mask in the gym, clearly.
0: (laughs) Wear a mask at the gym. Or maybe, better yet, follow your advice and just never, ever go to the gym at all. I've gone back. Oh, well, make sure you wear that calf mask then. I will. Well, it's time for Corona I mean, Corona Cast. I'm health reporter Tegan Taylor.
1: And I'm physician and journalist Dr. Norman Swan. It's Wednesday, the 16th of March, 2022.
0: So there were big hopes for 2022 to be the end of the pandemic. Obviously, that hasn't been the case. We've seen a rise in BA2, this sort of brother sister of the original Omicron. It's really taking off, not so much in Australia as it is in places overseas. And one place that's really being hit hard by it at the moment is Hong Kong.
1: Yeah, Hong Kong really does give you an indication of what a new variant might look like, even though it's not a new variant in the sense that it's um, Omicron, probably BA two. is that you're seeing a very high case fatality rate in Hong Kong with a so-called mild virus. So we've been told time and time again that Omicron's a mild virus. Don't worry so much about it. It's no worse than the flu. And yet you're seeing a very high fatality rate in Hong Kong. And really what Hong Kong illustrates is a couple of things. Illustrates is that in an unvaccinated population, Omicron is actually quite a virulent virus, probably just as virulent as the Wuhan virus, the original virus that came out of China, in 2019.
0: We've got BA2 here in Australia. We don't seem to be seeing similar death rates. What's the vaccination rate like in Hong Kong and what other human factors might be at play here?
1: Well, Omicron only becomes mild when you've got a highly vaccinated population. And in Hong Kong, reportedly, about 60% of the elderly population are not vaccinated, particularly those in aged care. And those are the people who are dying. And not only that, they've been vaccinated with vaccines that have not necessarily got proven efficacy or reduced efficacy compared to the vaccines that have been available in other countries. So Hong Kong is showing us what happens when a virus to which you've got no background immunity comes in and you're either unvaccinated or poorly vaccinated.
0: I mean, it is good to know that in Australia, the vaccination rate, especially for elderly people, is very, very high. It's in the high 90s. I'm not sure about third doses at the moment. But what about the vaccines that are actually used?
1: So the range of vaccines in in Hong Kong, largely three. It's the Chinese vaccine, Corona, Coronavac. There's a version of the Pfizer vaccine, which is made under license from BioNTech. And AstraZeneca, which was suspended, so it's a mixture of the two. So, and the CoronaVac vaccine, it's hard to know exactly what proportion of the population received the Sinovac, but the uh, that's still got much lower efficacy than the uh, than the mRNA vaccine, which is called FOSN in Hong Kong. It's likely in Hong Kong, there's also reduced efficacy of vaccines in part of the population as well.
0: But it seems like coronavirus is seasonal to an extent, even though we've seen a big uptick over summer as we've reopened borders and that sort of thing. Is it likely that we're going to see a bigger surge in winter?
1: Well, it's not yet seasonal, is really the uh, the story, because what you're seeing in Europe is you saw a very big Omicron wave, which settled down. And now you're seeing a second Omicron wave starting off in Europe, in several European countries, including the UK, probably the BA2. And that's going into summer. So it's still cold, but it's going into summer. So it's still behaving a bit like a pandemic virus.
0: So what are the implications for us then over the next few months?
1: Well, we're already seeing a surge of BA two in New South Wales, and the health minister there is predicting uh, a doubling of the cases in the near future. And you'll see that in other, case, in other states as well. In Western Australia, BA two is about twenty five percent of the cases. At least it was last week, and that will grow. In Britain, and in, in, uh, I think on about the twentieth of February, BA two was about fifty percent of infections. And in a recent report from the UK government. It was over 80%. That was last week. So it does grow. It does push BA1 out of the way, which is the original Omicron. And other studies have shown that the uh, virus does not seem to produce higher loads of the virus. So it's unlikely that the virus itself is more infectious it's got a higher transmission rate probably because it's more immune evasive. Although we don't have good data yet on reinfection. In other words, how many people who've had BA1 are getting reinfected? And it's a bit confusing there. Some people are saying there are significant reinfection rates and others, particularly the British, saying they're not seeing a strong signal yet on reinfection. The good news with BA2 is that it doesn't seem to be more virulent, more severe than BA1. And as we know, there's no inevitability about that. Virulence is an independent factor here and pretty much random. Um, So the X variants could be more, less or the same in terms of severity. BA2 is not more severe. But as you see from Hong Kong, if you're unvaccinated or poorly vaccinated, it's a pretty severe virus.
0: You mentioned the immunovasiveness thing before. We've had people asking about whether we're likely to be given fourth doses in the coming months or whether we'll have a variant-specific vaccine coming through that will help protect us better against the newer versions of coronavirus.
1: So Pfizer say that they've developed an Omicron-specific vaccine or a vaccine adapted to Omicron, which um, we were a little bit sceptical about a couple of weeks ago on Coronacast, saying, well, Omicron's going to be over. Well, maybe Omicron's not going to be over, and therefore a fourth dose with an Omicron-specific vaccine might actually be quite handy this year. The Israelis are suggesting that the antibody uplift that you get with a fourth dose isn't as high as you get with a third dose. So there may be a waning effect. Not, not a waning effect, it's probably a wrong word. but you get
0: diminishing returns.
1: That's right. So that repeated doses beyond three give you diminishing returns. And therefore, you just probably don't want to rush into the fourth dose just yet when, until you see how things are going. The health minister has said it's likely to be available to the over 65s it's likely that the uh, the definition of immunocompromised will become much looser. And when we interviewed Christine McCartney from the uh, National Centre for Immunisation Studies uh, a couple of weeks ago, we didn't actually broadcast this part of our interview, but she was saying to us that GPs have a lot more discretion about how they define immunocompromised people uh, than necessarily OTAGI has Atagi has defined it. And that would give a wider group of people access to the fourth door. So I think a wider group of people will quite soon be given access to the fourth doors, but probably not the general population.
0: So that's Hong Kong. China had a a very strict COVID zero policy for a really long time, but that doesn't seem like something that they're going to be able to maintain for much longer.
1: No, several cities now going into lockdown, including Shenzhen in in the south, um, a high-tech city. And with growing numbers of infections and reputedly de- building, just as they did in Wuhan uh, two years ago, they're building it very quickly uh, a 6,000 bed isolation facility. So in China, if you're diagnosed as positive, you tend to, you tend to be put in an isolation facility uh, where everybody's positive. And that looks as though they're trying to extend that policy. The question is, can they actually control it Is the genie out? It's likely that it is out and it's going to be very hard to control. And so they've got a vulnerable population, probably similar to Hong Kong. There's a higher proportion of people in China immunized with Chinese vaccines, which probably have about 60% of the efficacy of Pfizer and Moderna, and therefore they're not adequately immunized. Uh, So China does have a problem here.
0: Well, let's talk about a different type of drug now because there's been some correspondence in the New England Journal of Medicine about sotrovimab, which is one of the monoclonal antibodies that we've been using to treat people with severe COVID.
1: Yeah, sotrovimab is, is an antibody um, which blocks the spike protein from docking in the body. So it prevents the infection and it's got to be given early in the disease. It's an injection and uh, a study from Sydney, in fact, published in the New England Journal, looked at people in Western Sydney who'd been given cetrovimab. And what they found was that in a proportion of people who were given cetrovimab, the virus mutated around cetrovimab and developed resistance to it. So it means that um, cetrovimab could have limited effectiveness if doctors throw it around too much. And the suggestion is that you have something equivalent to what's called antibiotic stewardship, where you're very care- you're a bit more careful about who you give cetrovimab to, so th- that it's not... So you're not giving it to huge numbers of people unnecessarily and developing a resistant virus, which means it'll lose effectiveness. And the effectiveness goes down by about a hundredfold with this resistance. So giving it to those who really need it, um, which will be a smaller number than throwing it around more widely.
0: Really important. Yeah, just like antibiotics, like you say. Well, that's all we've got time for on Coronacast today. We'll be back in a week. That's right. We're weekly now, next Wednesday. See you then.